Hello and welcome to Shaman Sister Sessions, episode 108, Activating Your Awakening. You can't selectively open and activate. I'm Michelle Hawk and I'm here with my shaman sister, Catherine Bird, and we are so excited to bring you yet another amazing episode of our ideas and opinions and philosophies on this activation experience that we're having right now on Earth. And if you're interested in any of our past 107 episodes, you can find them on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please like, please subscribe, and help us share this information with anyone who needs it. You can also become a patron of our work if you feel inclined to support us, and stay tuned till the end, and we'll tell you how to do that. Kat, how are you doing? I am amazing. I put on makeup and jewelry. <laughs> brushed my hair <laughs> Fabulous. and everything. Um, it's been, I don't know how many months we've been in our, our COVID reality, but it feels like there's uh, been a definite uh, down uh, focus on personal enhancement tools <laughs> in my life. Uh, it's like, well, I'm not going anywhere and I don't want to put makeup on because I have a mask. And so this is my only opportunity, it seems, really pretty much a, uh, in most of my life to get properly dressed. So I think I'm, I'm not the only one out there. So if you are listening to this and you're in your pajamas or if you've been on Zoom calls and you sort of have like the good stuff on top and you're still wearing your pajamas, that's okay. <laughs> we're, all, we're all doing this, uh, this thing together and figuring it out. But I'm really great in a lot of ways. But yeah, everything, everything's great. Settling in, hanging out with cats. Everything feels uh, it's beautiful beautiful weather so yeah awesome what's your necklace speaking of i was admiring cat's necklace before we got on zoom is that a scarab it's so beautiful yeah it's a scarab with wings and it is a piece that is it's all uh like recycled someone found all of the pieces and put them together from other jewelry cool. so i really like that a lot Awesome. Okay. Well, it looks amazing. And I totally hear you. I've been in the position of like, when I go over to my parents' house for dinner, I'm like wearing heels and like a fancy wrap thing because that's the only time I'm leaving the house. So I need to obviously get dressed up to go to my parents' house for dinner or go grocery shopping. Yeah. It's a, it's a fancy outing to go. To right. <laughs> yeah. I've definitely started at the beginning of all of this. I was wearing like the like worst clothes to the grocery store because then I would bring them home and like take them all off and like wash them and things. And then this is, over time, it started to become like the nicer clothes to wear to the grocery store because it is the only thing that I'm doing. So it's like, you know, I, and, and I find myself, I know Michelle last night we were on, we were, we were, we were on the phone and we were both on our computers looking at like clothes and shoes and boots and things and being like, Oh my gosh, this is so amazing. It's so epic. I'm not going anywhere. This is, <laughs> I can't really buy a fancy pair of boots. I'm not leaving my house. Right. <laughs> like, Let's switch back over to slippers and robes. <laughs> oh my God. And workout clothes. That's my thing is like, okay. The thing that I'm wearing every single day are workout clothes. All of my shopping impulses have been channeled into Athena. So I, you know, I'm looking at like customizable embroidered dog collars and dog jackets and, 
you know, and to dog toys, right? Because, you know, that's, let's be real. That's where my financial priorities are. Anyway, all of this to say, <laughs> awakening. Awakening. Here we are once again to talk about another level of awakening. And we've talked in a lot of our episodes about different parts of the awakening process and places that we get stuck, places that we get confused, overwhelmed, uh, all of the things that can happen to us as we're going through these different awakening initiations, uh, levels, and uh, processes that we're having. And this uh, conversation, I, I think was, we started talking about this um, as we do most of our topics kind of on the phone. Oh my gosh, this is, this is what I'm seeing, or this is what I'm experiencing, or this is what I see my clients going through. And then, oh, great, this is a good topic. Let's, let's talk about this more. So if, if we're talking about it, it generally is because it's something that we're seeing its presence in the people that we're working with. And so it's, it's really relevant to what's, what's happening right now. So we want to talk about awakening and the idea of activations and opening and also uh, our misunderstanding about how this works sometimes and where we can get caught up in our process of, of okay, I'm, I'm opening this thing. <laughs> right. And, and actually, the, um, to get even a little bit more specific about how this topic came up, um, obviously, we do see this in people that we work with. And, you know, we've, we've all had this, let's be real, we've all had this experience of like, I want to create opening and expansion in this area, but not really in this area. And then it and inevitably happens. Um, this, uh, so a little peek behind the curtain of Michelle's personal life. Uh, I was dating somebody a little while ago that I was really excited about. And there was all of this opening and activation and, and connection. And I was like, wow, I'm really excited about this person. And then we had a very like deep conversation about something that was about a really hard thing that, uh, you know, carried a lot of, I could feel how much wounding there was there for him and, um, and a lot of just unprocessed, unmetabolized emotion. And he freaked out and couldn't be present with that and completely shut down. And, uh, and we had a really sort I felt like I had whiplash, right? It was like, okay, here's this really opening heart, expansive experience with this person. And then all of a sudden mega contraction, and so then talking with Kat about this is like, well, I, I was seeing in him this activation and this opening. And, and we see this in our clients where it's, there's this opening experience. But when you start to open, you open not only to the good stuff, you inherently open to whatever's lurking there as well. It's unavoidable. And yeah. if you're not prepared to be present with that, if you don't have the tools or you don't have the resilience or you don't have the, the ability to handle this then it's going to cause this contractive experience and ultimately it creates an unsustainable dynamic in the internal system and it ends up being this sort of energetic whiplash experience mm -hmm. and yeah and it's really uncomfortable it was really sh it was a very shocking position for me to be in um and you know i'm all good right it's fine but it was definitely a a stellar example of this phenomenon that we see in, in our clients or that we see in people who are going through like big expansion and then have ma major contraction, right? 
Right. And this one is sort of easy to see because you can, you can see and understand that when someone is really opening their heart and a lot of times people like we want to open our heart. We want to be in relationships. We want to fall in love. Maybe we have a baby or, you know, we get a cat and it opens our heart, but it also touches into the part, whatever is not open in there and whatever has been closed down or shut or wounded or is holding something else, that expansion of love or maybe creativity, something like you're working on a creative project, and then all of a sudden it's touching into a lot of uh, self-judgment, fear, doubt, all of these things, that expansion process is going to touch, poke, open, uh, make really uncomfortable the parts that are more closed. Uh, you can't just open your heart like, oh, well, I, I have this much of my heart to open to you and let's not touch any of this other stuff that's in my heart that's super wounded and hurting. Uh, just this part is the safe part. Yeah. And, but that's what we try to do, right? <laughs> We're like, oh yeah, can I, can I accomplish this, please? Can I just open the part that feels good and not the part that doesn't? Yeah, that's not a thing, people. We're, we're here to tell you, you cannot selectively activate your awakening. So, so here we're going to be talking, and it's almost, it's funny, Kat, as you were describing this, I'm, I'm just imagining, I have some boxes in the garage that I'm absolutely 100% certain have nests of spiders in them by this point, right? And so I know that when I go in there and I'm going to inevitably have to open up the boxes, right? I'm going to find not only the good stuff that's in there, but there's also going to be spiders spewing out everywhere. And I'm talking like big fuckers right like these they're the big kind of hairy looking spiders that live in the dark corners of my house and yet I know that that's a necessary part of opening the boxes right so you get to be present with the, your inner spiders whatever that looks like mm -hmm. and when we're having this um you know this activation and awakening you know one of the things I like to think about is like those those parts those we get to be present with that because we're ready at that point because you know for whatever reason we've shut it down or we've stuffed it away or we've tucked it into the dark recesses of our inner boxes or our inner storage boxes and whenever we're creating this opening we we have the opportunity to be present with the gifts of that opening and it means that okay we're also ready to be looking at the hard stuff so don't, don't take it as like, oh, I'm doing anything wrong. I think that's where a lot of people, especially in, in a psychic awakening or intuitive awakening or spiritual awakening practice, we look at, oh, I thought this was supposed to make me feel good. I thought that this awakening and activation was supposed to only be expansive, right? Like there's a lot of weird kind of shamey dogma about spiritual practice is only expansive. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. Yeah. This is only love. Nope. Yeah. And I see this in, uh, in clients where um, we'll have a session and it'll be a really deep session. And we're going into a lot of stuff. We're moving a lot of energy. Uh, there's a lot going on. And then it's very important that I'm preparing them like, hey, you might not feel amazing for a while. And it might take a a period of time, which might be days and sometimes weeks, I see people go through like, wow, I feel 
exhausted or tired or like it just been hit by a truck or I'm achy or there's a lot of sadness and I just am like crying a lot and I'm feeling a lot and I'm, I'm angry. Like all of those things are possible. And when we understand that those things are possible, then we can hold space for them and just be present. This is what's happening. This is what I'm experiencing. It's neither good nor bad. It just is what it is right now. And I'm going to be present to it and not repress it and hold it down, judge it, shame it, build a bunch of story around it. And even I was having a conversation with a client just yesterday who is involved in medicine work and that this is also a thing that happens in ceremonial work and medicine work where we go into the situation thinking, I'm going to, my intention, here's my intention, my two minute intention at the beginning of the circle, I'm going to fix this thing in my life. And then, you know, in, you know, eight to 12 hours, I will have fixed this part of my life and I will be yippee yay, amazing for, from here on out. And it, when you're going in and doing really deep work and opening up things that have been closed, like those boxes in the, in the cupboard, like there is oftentimes a period of time where your body's readjusting, your energy body's processing, your emotional body's processing, and it doesn't feel good. And you don't even maybe feel a resolution for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really important to look at, especially as, um, you know, and, and here I'll, I'll extrapolate this out. We're talking, yes, absolutely in medicine work, but also when you get a healing session, if you're receiving some type of initiation, like no matter what it is, any activation experience inherently, that's part of the integration process is that it, it's rippling. There's a ripple effect through the different layers of your system. So working through the physical body, working through the, um, the mental, emotional body, working through the etheric bodies, working through the energetic anatomy and anything that's not in alignment with that activation will most likely feel kind of uncomfortable, right? And we experience this as, um, you know, people have healing crises or have detox reactions, right? Whether it's physical detoxing or emotional detoxing. And really, it's essentially those, those parts of the old identity, those, you know, hardened, crystallized um, thought forms or beliefs or emotion, a hidden trapped emotion, or even physical toxicity and, and stuck tissue and stuck energy in the body is going to feel really uncomfortable as it is moving out. And so just having that kind of a, you know, a grain of salt with it and knowing that, um, you know, we're not saying that all healing is uncomfortable, right? But I, I do feel really strongly that um, you know, when I, whenever I see people saying, oh, healing should only be love or healing, you know, healing is easy. And, and saying that is like a very dogmatic thing, then they're glossing over one of the most important parts of the process, which is truly being able to be present with yourself, with all parts of yourself, uh, with equanimity, no matter what's happening and to bring in that peace and bring in that non-attachment and non-judgment to your own process as it's happening. And I think that's a really valuable piece for any healing experience. Yeah. And it also gives you, um, 
sometimes if you go to see someone, maybe a new, especially like a new person that you haven't worked with before and you're doing some kind of healing work and then you leave and maybe you don't feel better the next day, you might think, oh, that person's not good or that's not my person or I don't like that work or I don't want to do that work or whatever those things are. I see that this happen a lot where people sort of jump from practitioner to practitioner trying to solve a problem when really it's actually being present with what's coming up with that practitioner and then being able to work through because sometimes then some practitioners aren't um, offering enough uh, self-care, home care, follow-up stuff that would support you, but there are often things that we can do to help to kind of soothe these, uh, these moments. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that, but uh, it's, it's, it's not necessarily like, oh, something came up and I'm really uncomfortable and that means that, that that's not good work for me. Um, it can mean like, oh, that's, that's really touching something. And can I be present to that? And can I, can I hold space for this very uncomfortable experience possibly? Yeah, I think that's super important. And, and yes, let's put a bookmark there. Maybe we can circle that back around to that kind of near the end of like what integration tools do we have to offer people? Um, I want to take a moment and talk about what happens if we don't continue to activate, right? Because that's part of the thing when we do have this contractive experience or, or if someone isn't in that whiplash type experience that I was describing where it's like, oh, I want to open, open, open. Oh, phew, nope. Like I'm, I'm going to be in contraction. What happens to the system and what happens to their relationship to healing as a result of that? You know, I think that's really important for someone who, who ends up um, not following through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you see with that, Kat? Well, I know that I've met people who are like, oh yeah, well, I tried that. Yeah. Okay. Did you do, you know, and we're like, okay, well, have you tried somatic work? Yeah, I tried that. Did, did you go to the therapist? Yeah, I tried that. And then it's when you really um, dig in, they're like, oh yeah, I went to one session over here and one session, two sessions over here. And, and it was basically not helping right it was which meant really it was uncomfortable and I wasn't having an instantaneous solution and when we think of even what we're what we're the words we're using right open activate which is expansive it has a lot of potential it has a lot of growth to it and then contraction. And this is natural that we have expansion and contraction cycles within our awakening. But if we choose to invest ourselves in the contraction as if this is what life is, this is who I am, this is what I'm attaching to, this is, this is it. And I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to keep seeing what the openness is. Then we're holding on to the beliefs, the energy, the, you know, as we're saying this crystallization, the hardening of the energy. It's like the energy starts to move and then the energy's like, no. And then it's just sticky and stuck. Uh, and then we've, we're going to end up probably working on it later with somebody else or trying to, you know, work around it in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and all of this can lead to a, um, a crystallization of the belief that I am broken mm -hmm. or no one can help me 
or, you know, I've, I've heard people talk about this of like, oh, I've worked with this person, this person, this person, and nobody could help me. Right. It's almost like we're, we're creating when, when that happens, people are creating this very stagnant identity of trauma and wounding that ends mm -hmm. up self-perpetuating. Right. And it creates this feedback loop where there ends up being further stagnation and further layering of that. Um, I think another phenomenon that I see as well, and Kat, I'm sure you see this too, is it ends up creating in, in some cases a resistance to healing itself because, or a resistance to activation because people then associate, oh, when I, for example, when I open my heart, I end up being uncomfortable. So it's just safer for me to not ever open my heart. Right. Or when I end up going into having a, a psychic experience and, and we see so many people, I can't even tell you people how many intuitive people that we see who shut down their intuition because they were having uncomfortable experiences and it felt safer to them to just shut down completely. And they spend 10, 20, 30, 40 years in this state of uh, closed offness because their system is recoiling from it is not safe for me to be activated because when I am activated, I'm uncomfortable or I feel unsafe, right? And so it ends up, um, you know, in, we see this as um, in the practitioner role and both Kat and I have had this happen where we're facilitating an experience for somebody, they're having a really powerful healing experience and then they end up in this whiplash effect of their trauma comes up and then they end up demonizing us and pointing a finger at me as the bad guy for making them feel crappy and then they want out. And it's like, well, that that's not what happened, but it ends up easier for people to be pointing a finger at you made me feel this way. So I, I want nothing to do with you. And then they close themselves off to further activation. Or in the case with this guy that I was seeing, um, he ended up like piecing out completely and wanting nothing to do with me because of this uncomfortable conversation that we had that was about something very deeply personal and deep, you know, there was a lot of wounding there, but I became an unsafe person for him because he didn't want to be uncomfortable. So. Yeah. You know, we can also like, we we then shut down the things that would actually help us. You know, we reject the things that might be really supportive. And uh, sometimes the thing that's really supportive is not actually intuitive uh, as to what we think it is that we should be doing. Um, and you can eat and, and then we, we don't do the things, right? We don't do the practices or the homework or whatever these things are because we don't want to just sit and be present with what we're experiencing and feeling because what we're experiencing and feeling is oftentimes the, the old energy, the old emotions from childhood all the way through your whole life. So think of how old you are. And think of all of these years, all of these months, all of these days, all of these moments that you have been alive and all of the things that have happened to you and that you've been a participate, participant in. All of the relationships, all of the childhood insanity and trauma that you've been involved in, all of the accidents, all of the things. And all of those experiences have 
a certain amount of uh, emotion and energy to them and they build stories in our system and all of this. So if we're unwilling to be present when that stuff starts to come back up, then what we're doing is generally really repressing it back in, stuffing it back in its own little box, keeping it for later and holding on to it because we don't want to be just present with what we're experiencing, which might be an emotion, a feeling, an energy from when you were three years old. And the, the thing that's going to help is to lay down on the floor and scream and kick your feet and act like a big baby and, and cry until your eyes are red and then love yourself. And most of the times we don't want to do that. We don't want to look foolish. We don't want to be silly. We don't want to, uh, we're afraid that if we, if we actually experience and feel what we're experiencing and feeling that we're going to go too far, we're going to lose our minds. We're going to become crazy. We're going to become a big mess that never recovers. Uh, that's sort of the, um, like the ego is latching onto a way to keep you from doing the thing that might be the most effective right now. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard somebody say, I'm afraid if I start crying, I'll never stop. Right. And it's like, well, have you ever met a person who's been crying for the last 50 years? No, because that's not a thing. You cry until you can't cry anymore and you might cry again tomorrow, but at some point you will stop because that's how these things work. Yeah. And if you know someone who has been crying for 50 years, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. Maybe they have some sort of glandular issue. Right. Yeah. We can look at <sighs> some TCM for that. Right. right. If but really like it's, and, and maybe you've experienced this. Like I have this come up every now and then, like it, on a very mild level, like this was, um, so Kat, you're, you're talking about how nice the weather is there right now. And like, I'm trying not to hate that and, and have a little bit of uh, jealousy happen because Portland is so, so smoky right now at this moment. And it's been um, about a week now of, of a lot of the, um, the fires going on and the smoke and I can't leave my house and my body feels really tired and depleted. But uh, the other day I was, I was feeling a lot of stagnation and discomfort and my lungs and my eyes and my throat were feeling really um, congested. And I, I just was having a, a reaction to this toxic thing that we're experiencing as is natural. And I knew Qigong would help me. I absolutely beyond a doubt knew that, okay, just standing there and doing some movement practice, doing some like very low level basic movement practice will help me. I will feel better. Even though I know this for a fact and I have plenty of evidence to tell me that this would support me, it was so hard to make myself do it because I started feeling worse at first as I was moving energy, I was standing there shaking, you know, as you do for a, a warm up. I was standing there just moving my body, shaking, being like, oh my God, this sucks. This feels so bad. Okay, keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. And eventually, okay, things started to move a little bit and I was feeling better. So, uh, you know, we have this kind of no matter what the deal is, no matter where we are, you know, we all, we've all had this experience of, Maybe you, you know, it's really cold outside and you don't want to work out and you just want to like hole up under the blankets, but you know, okay, I'll feel better when I work out. I'll have more energy. I'll actually be able to get shit done. And, um, and we've all been there. So we're talking about on the, uh, you know, on the energetic, like usually larger scale activation wise 
if there's an area that it feels like there's a lot of resistance for you, or if you're feeling like, okay, I've, I've touched that and, and I had this really kind of painful experience. And so I'm really reluctant to revisit it. I do encourage you to just hold yourself gently, ask for support, right? Whether you're receiving support from spirit side mentors, from, um, from non-corporeal guides and teachers, or if you're receiving support, you choose to work with a mentor or a guide or healer like Kat or myself, just in case. <laughs> yeah. And that's really important because most of the time we are afraid to ask for help. So don't, you know, don't be afraid to be like, wow, guides, teachers, God, goddess, whatever you're connecting to, please, I am struggling right now. Please help me, soothe me, send me grace, send me light, send me love, support me through this process I'm going through. And then also, if you go to a healer and you have an experience and afterwards you're like, wow, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what to do next. Like, this is really intense. And I'm, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like send them a message, email them, you know, like explain what's happening. And the likelihood is that they'll be able to go, oh, okay, here's what, you know, maybe here's some of the stuff we did. Here's why you're having this particular reaction. Hey, do this. And, um, or like, let me tune in and let me help you move this energy a little bit. Like they're probably going to be totally okay and fine with you reaching out and saying, this is where I'm at. This is what's happening. And, um, and, and, you know, this is this, I need help, help me a little bit. Um, and cause, cause sometimes we need those anchors. Yeah. Yeah. Anchors and, and context. Right. And so, and really also, I think just the awareness, like I was mentioning with the Qigong, like if I had started to just feel worse, like I did, and I started feeling worse, if I just stopped right there of like, oh, this is making me feel worse. I just need to stop. Then all of that energy would still be stuck in the body. And I actually would have even reinforced the stuckness by, by starting to open a tiny bit and then shutting it down. Right. Mm -hmm. So by asking for help and by saying like, okay, I know that my discomfort or I know that the contraction that I'm experiencing, this is not the entirety of this experience. And that there usually what is required at this point is an additional infusion of energy or process of energy, right? For it to move, for it to move out of the body, for it to process through, through the emotional body, through the mental body, through the etheric bodies. And there's a tool or there's a supplement or there's a movement practice or there's a, a meditation or there is something that you can do to support that process. And if you don't know what that is, ask and don't assume that just because it feels bad or just because you feel uncomfortable, it means that there's something wrong and you need to stop. Actually, you might need just need to do more of what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, if it's really bad, you can stop, right? Slow down. You go slower. Like if you're doing something really intense and you're like, oh, this is, this is so horrible. Like you can slow down. That's okay too. But I see this a lot when I teach Qigong uh, to people who haven't been doing Qigong before. And we look at Qigong and we're like, oh, it's like this lovely thing. And you're like moving your arms and all that. It feels so good. And uh, sometimes um, very new pra practitioners will uh, experience nausea. Like I, I'm doing this practice and it's making me nauseous. 
And uh, when I hear that, I'm like, great. That's great. You're doing a great job. You're, you're feeling a little nauseous. Just breathe into it. You're moving energy. You're, you're opening up meridians and channels. You're connecting. It means that your organs are actually responding to what you're doing. Emotions are coming up. That's okay. Breathe into it. If you need to slow down, slow down. But uh, I will, you know, maybe ask them more about what's going on with them personally or, you know, depending on the exercise that they're doing and then give them the next piece or the next thing that they could try that would actually support that. Okay, well, now this is what's coming up. Here's something else you could use to help to clear that energy while you're having this experience. So um, this is also true if you are doing something like yoga, like Qigong, um, breath work, any of these things with a practitioner, if you're having an experience inside of it, then sometimes it's really helpful just to say, hey, I'm having this experience so that you can get the response back of, that's great. That's totally normal. Lots of people have that. You're not broken. You're fine. You're okay. This is not messing you up. You're going to be fine. You're going to work through this and it will not last. Yep. Awesome. Definitely reassuring to hear like, okay, great. It means it's working. Um, I will also say kind of the flip side of that is for, uh, for all of my fellow spiritual masochists out there, right? Helping uh, and you know, Kat knows what I mean when I say this, and you, you all probably know what I mean when I say this. There's almost this idea of like, oh, if it's uncomfortable, it must be better and more helpful, right? Like it means you're processing more energy. And okay, if you're making yourself nauseated doing, doing Qigong, it must mean you're purging really deep stuff, right? And that's, again, where asking for help or, or just checking in with your, your guide or your, uh, your lead practitioner or whatever can be helpful because then they can either say, yes, it's working, awesome, keep doing that, or maybe let's back off a little bit or let's give you a reframe or, or we're going to redirect this or here's a way to process this energy, right? And so just because it's uncomfortable doesn't mean it's more effective. Yeah. And a really important thing to... Uh to utilize here. So you might just be home doing this by yourself. Maybe you don't have someone to call and all of these things, but a really important tool to use here is how much easier could this be? How much faster could I let this go? How much more ease could this practice bring into this moment? How much more fun could this be? Uh, you know, these are the questions we want to ask because we want our brain to be looking for those solutions because our brain is always looking for solutions. It's always looking for solutions and it's usually looking for the most negative thing that it can find because that's what our brains do. They're great at finding the negative. So we want to give the brain an, a, a, a job here, which is like, oh, I, this could be easier. How much easier could it be? And really ask that and feel it in your body. Okay, how much easier could this be? Wow, this is intense. I'm feeling a lot. There's a, a lot of energy coming up. And especially when we're first activating and sometimes those energy surges will come in and it's like, oh, I've never felt this before. Like this is intense and I don't know what to do with it. Be like, how much easier can this be? Please let this be easier. How much more could this flow? Yeah. And, and the ability, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, one of my favorite tools to offer, one of my favorite pieces of advice to practitioners is get really good at being uncomfortable, 
right? And this is one of those pieces of resilience of the, the more present we're able to be with that discomfort, ultimately we're expanding our threshold to be with big energies. We're expanding our capacity to be present with transformation. And when, when our capacity is really, really small, then we're much more easily overwhelmed. When our capacity and our ability to be present with transformation and creation and with heart opening and with psychic activation, when our capacity is much larger, then we're able to be present with these much more powerful energies or these much stronger energies without it overwhelming our system or making us pass out or feel like we're going to puke, right? And so this, again, this, this ability to, um, I like to describe it as the, um, you know, the balance between kind of like taking something seriously and holding it very lightly, right? Like how can we be intentional, meaning to, you know, taking something with, with a lot of gravity of being, um, you know, being in our devotion and being focused and intentional, but also holding it very, very softly and lightly with, and with a degree of humor. And that's the, how, how can I have an easier experience with this? How can this be a good thing? How can I have a sense of humor about this sensation that's moving through me right now and experience some alleviation and ultimately expand our capacity when we're, when we're holding it lightly, like, right. If I'm holding things tightly, this is how big my capacity is when I'm holding it loosely this, you know, I have a much more expansive capacity to be present. Does that make sense? I feel like that. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And yes, exactly. And in that resilience idea is to do a really honest self-assessment of when I'm feeling uh, overwhelmed or emotions or something that feels uh, hard or troubling or whatever. How do I soothe, distract, uh, avoid, repress, like all of these things? Like what are my go-to things, right? Do I have an emotional reaction and I go to blaming others or judging myself or to eating or drinking or smoking weed or being on in the internet or the myriad many things that all of us utilize in order to avoid being with our hard feelings and energies. Mm -hmm. And that assessment then can give you some idea of like, oh, I just wanted to do that thing. Okay, well, what am I trying to avoid something? Or what's my go-to here? Oh, okay, well, what if I just choose not to do that for 10 minutes and instead I choose just to sit here and feel the sensations in my body. Mm. I love that. I want to like triple underline that for people that what Kat just suggested is a awesome, awesome practice is like a self audit of our, um, our distraction or escapist or Michelle loves, Michelle loves audits. <laughs> I, do. I love audits. I love analyses. in case you didn't know this about me already. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Right. Let's see what our, our internal system is engineered around. Essentially we're, we're mapping, what does your system go to? What's the default, um, the default programming of your internal organization is when trigger happens, my go-to behavior is this or go-to behavior, like top three go-to behaviors are these things when I am uncomfortable or when I experience this type of trigger and, um, and knowing, okay, what, you know, what about these things. So for example, um, I, and I totally freely admit this, when I experience something uncomfortable or, or I'm in a state of space of trigger, one of my go-to behaviors is to call cat. 
And half the, and it's funny, I was joking with her actually about this one of these times, like I would say half the time when that happens, she doesn't answer. And so I take that as my like, okay, she's not answering. That means I just need to be present with this thing. And so I've, I've learned this about myself over the years of, okay, I, instead of calling Kat right away to process or to bitch about this thing or to have a freak out, I can just not call Kat and I can be present with this uncomfortable feeling and I can ask myself what I need, right? What, what would that thing give me? Well, talking with Kat would help me um, feel safe. It would help me land back in my body. It would help me feel self-assured and help me have context and understanding and processing of what this event was and my role in it or what it means about me or what it means about my life. So now that I, I figured that out, you know, once I did my audit, then I'm able to offer myself those things of, okay, I need to feel safe. I need to drop in my body. I need to reassess my boundaries. I need to, um, to process this experience in terms of what it means about me and my worldview and, and the role that this thing is playing in my life. Okay. I can have that experience by myself and be present with myself and then call Kat and tell her about it and tell her, here's my process that I, that I had happen. So because I, I did that audit, then I've been able to, um, to play with that a little bit, but I know that's one of my go-tos for sure. Yeah. yeah. This is really important. So yeah, if, if you haven't done this yet, do it now and uh, you'll get, you'll, you'll probably discover some really important things about yourself and about your process and, and how you can support these moments when we're feeling too much, overwhelmed, uh, all of the things that are that are happening as we go through this and and all of these things that we're talking about these are totally normal <laughs> they're totally natural things that we all do at one point or another as we're going through these different processes and to have incredible patience and kindness for yourself no matter where you're at even if you feel like wow I'm i I don't know what's going on in my life and I'm just a mess. And wow, I, I started this healing work so that I could, you know, feel better or make more money or have a relationship. And yet here I am, I feel almost worse than ever. And that's okay. That's not going to last. That will pass. And it's just a, a small fraction of the process and uh, when we're in it, sometimes we lose sight of this larger picture of what we're going through. Yeah, beautiful. Um, do we have any other, we sort of like segued into tools. With yeah, we, we gave a lot of, we gave some good tools there at the end. Yeah, um, do you have anything else that we wanna make explicit? We talked about resilience and expanding the container and having a sense of humor and auditing your go-to um, yeah, I think that's good for now. We'll we'll right. throw some more tools in at the next episode. Uh huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, y'all. Uh, if you want to comment on this video or comment on this episode, please leave us a five star review and tell us your favorite thing that you got out of our conversation today. You can always, as always, like and follow and subscribe to all our our platforms, our channel on the multiple platforms. 
And uh, if you feel called to donate to support our work, it does uh, cost us money to produce and to make this available to you. And we want it to continue to be available to you, our audience. So you can either become a patron of our work at patreon.com slash shaman sister sessions. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash shaman sister sessions. Or you can make a one-time donation to our PayPal account shamansistersessions at gmail.com. And we would be so, so grateful to receive that and put it forward into the production costs of our, of our show. So thanks for joining us. And uh, you can follow up with me if you're interested in what I have going on in the world. I am starting to get people in for I Am Alchemy next year. So if that's something that is interesting to you, you can contact me through my website, joyofenergy.com and ask and, and we'll have a conversation about what that alchemy study looks like for 2021. Kat, what do you have going on these days? Uh, right now, I am just focusing on my one-on-one -on -one work and my heroes, uh, my membership program, which I'm so happy with and so proud of, which is meditations, consciousness work, inner development, um, outer development, working with energy, Qigong, and uh, supportive live calls. And I'm, I'm, I'm feeling into my next uh, chunk, and this will be a course uh, toward a little bit more business development and program development and some different pieces that I see that, that healers and coaches and so on really need that maybe will help to jumpstart some things. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.